When you make a wrong turn on a trip, your navigation system recalculates your position, flashes a spinning wheel on the screen, and announces rerouting. The same thing happens to us all the time in life. We make a wrong turn, or we are forced to take an unexpected detour. The good news is that God is even better than our GPS at rerouting. So grab your Bibles and fasten your seatbelts as we unpack a life principle that has the power to put us back on the path to a God-preferred future. Well, good morning again. Uh, I hope I don't mess this up as bad as I messed up the... Uh, the I, we, so for those of you that didn't catch it, uh, I said we were going to sing the Gloria Patri. We were supposed to sing the Gloria Patri, but instead I led you astray and we sang the doxology twice. Uh, God bless y'all for, for forgiveness. Grace is a great thing. Uh, and what's interesting is, is we've been talking through some some pretty fun stuff. First, I'd like to welcome you. If you're a first-time visitor, my name's Steve. Normally, we don't uh, have uh, that much of a chaos in the first portion of our worship service, uh, and, and I promise that next week, uh, I will not mess it up at all, mostly because I'll be on vacation. So, um, <laughs> so but the, the, we, we have started this sermon series, uh, this first sermon series of my time here, uh, called Rerouting. And for the past two weeks, we've been talking about the idea that God has a preferred direction for our lives. And uh, we, we started out by saying that direction, not intention, determines our destination. So we get to where we're supposed to be because we're following along a path that takes us in that direction. And it's not because uh, most of the time it's not something surprising that happens, but instead we've taken baby steps in a direction that gets us out in the weeds away from it. And last week we talked about we need good and wise people to speak into our lives to help share their map with us. Uh, because if I, if I had been wise this morning, I would have allowed the, the beginning of, of the Gloria Patri to be played, so I would remember what song we were supposed to sing uh, instead of leading you in the wrong direction. And so this week, we're going we're gonna to take it into a different direction. We're going to talk about how attention is key in all of this. What we pay attention to is how we end up being going in the right direction. And for me, uh, this is one of those things that uh, I, I think my attention span is the problem that I, uh, on why I am so bad at directions and following directions, mostly because we're driving down the road in the car and I'm, I'm listening to the music or I'm thinking about 17 other things instead of where my exit is and where I should be getting off. And, and, and so I have to be rerouted instead of paying attention to where I'm going and getting to where I should be the first time. I, 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 I tend to to overthink things or think through things. If my daughter's in the car, I like to sing along to the music because it makes her horribly embarrassed. So I sing really loud and usually roll the windows down. If you've got kids, it's a great thing. Enjoy that. It's my blessing for you. It's a gift. Um, but just sing and have a good time uh, and be silly. But sometimes I'm paying attention to that rather than to where I'm supposed to be going. And it was very evident for me how this really plays into my life when I, when I started riding bicycles again. I, I enjoy riding bicycles. I may have mentioned it before. Um, but one of the things that I, I have noticed when I got back uh, into riding bicycles with my friends is that wherever I look, my bicycle tends to go in that direction. 
And if you're riding with a bunch of people, they really don't like that. Especially if you're like, oh, yeah, there's trees. And then you're kind of going into your friends. And it, was, it, became, it became horribly evident to me when I was riding, we were riding mountain bikes. And we had gone up uh, in, in St. Louis. There's this place called, uh, it's uh, Castlewood. It's not the Castlewood out here. But it's a, it's a mountain bike trails. And it goes up to bluffs that overlook the Merrimack River. It's a really pretty place. Uh, but you're riding up these, the, this, they call it single track. That's a free term for y'all today. Uh, and you're riding the bicycle up single track. And my friend does this horrible thing where he starts to fall off his bicycle down the hill. And I'm like, oh man, that's horrible. And I'm watching him and not the path. And suddenly, he's not the only one falling down the hill. I have to jump off my bicycle and slide down. I mean, I had cuts on my... It was... It was uh, I was not the most pretty fella. I'm not already, but I was even worse. And so it was just one of those that, that I recognized wholeheartedly that where I paid my attention to that day led me astray. It led me down the wrong path completely. And it was not what I had hoped for or, or the direction that I had desired to go in, but it was the direction that my attention forced me to go in. And we've all experienced that, whatever it is that you're paying attention to. What, and, and a lot of times we experience it in, in this way. Uh, I, I confessed uh, before God and everybody that I, I, I think trucks are great. I renovated a house and I, I thought, oh man, it would be great to have a truck. So now every time I see a truck commercial, my attention is focused. Uh, every time I see Clyde's truck, my attention is focused. It's those things that, that catch our attention. And, and so I'm paying attention when I see those commercials because that's what I'm focusing on. And that's part of, of what we're going to be talking about today is, is that our focus determines our direction. We, we already said that our direction determines our destination, and now we're saying the focus that we give is what determines our direction. So where we pay attention is going to take us in that direction. And it, it's, it's not revolutionary information. None of this is brand new, and, and y'all are sitting out there going, wow, I never knew that. It's so amazing. Preach on. This is good stuff. Nobody needs to take notes. Because this is common sense things. The problem is, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to, to make that attention shift and to really pay attention to the things that are important. And, and it's so, so foundational that it's part of, part of what we recognize in, in, as the foundation pillars of our faith. So in the Old Testament, the first five books in the Old Testament are called the Pentateuch. They make up the core of, of the, the, the beginning of time all the way through to the liberation and, and the rules that are set out before uh, the Jews when they're, when they're first coming to be a people. And so it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers, these first five books of the Bible. And in Deuteronomy, it says this, if you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your ancestors. And I think it's very interesting that it says, if you pay attention. Because far too often we think of that, we, we, we say, what grabbed your attention, or pay attention, or anything like that. And what, what that really should indicate to us is there is a cost 
for our paying attention. Our attention has a cost, and it's, it may be a cost of we have to focus on this rather than something else, uh, but there is a cost associated with that. And so have you ever considered the cost of what you are paying attention to? What has been capturing too much of your attention. Maybe, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's family or God or something along those lines, but maybe it's not something that you're too proud of. And, and so our, our idea today, our, our focus of today is going to be shifting our focus away from the things of this world and, and lining them up with what God has in mind. So if we think about this and in, in this fact, and so we're here today as a community of faith in a church, and we're, we're talking about faith. So I'm, I'm going to take it on faith that a majority of you, at least, believe in God. That, that would be my hope. And if we, if we believe in God, if we really believe that God created the heavens and the earth, if we really believe that God knows the number of hairs on our head, yes, even mine, uh, if we really believe that God is part of all of this and that God really has a plan and a purpose for our life, then why is it so hard for us to believe that paying attention to God and giving God our focus would lead us in the right direction, would lead us in the way that, that helps us to be more like Jesus. In, in the Psalms, it says this, direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find my delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. This is, this is the core of what we're talking about today, is, is this idea that we have so many things vying for our attention, so many things trying to capture our attention, and yet God is the one thing that we should give our attention to. And, and it's funny, if, if we think about what life would look like if we give our attention to God, what, what would it be like? Would, would your life be radically different if God was at the center of your universe? If, if everything that you had was focused on that. And I, you know, we're in church, so everybody's like, yeah, God is the center of everything I do. Uh, but real life, if you're outside of these walls, if you're on your own, if you're at home by yourself, does that look the same? And so it's this idea of being of, of putting all of our, our focus on who God is. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't have fun and we can't do other things. I like bicycling, you may have heard. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that we can't take part in those things, but the center, the core of all of that is our faith in who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing for us. When I was, uh, a, my, my son was younger, he went to uh, private school. And one of the things that we did was he had a Bible verse that he had to memorize uh, on, uh, for Fridays. Friday was the day that he had to, to recite his Bible verse. And, and one Friday, we were uh, driving to the school, and my son confessed to me that he had not practiced his Bible verse at all. And so we, we practiced over and over this Bible verse in the car. Little did I know that this Bible verse that we practiced was going to become something that really made a difference in my life. I, I, I use this Bible verse now to be the core of my... It's, we have in, in Christian, Christian uh, understanding today, we have uh, life verses where it's, I'm going to build my life 
around this verse. And this is mine. It comes from Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. In the King James, which is what Alex had to memorize on that day, was, and he shall direct thy paths. And this is the focus of what we're looking at. How do we make a difference in our lives? How do, how do, we, how do we line up our lives on who God is and, and what that should look like for us? And I, I'm going I'm I'm to spoil the whole thing here. It's, it's not all that difficult. We have to spend time intentionally trying to cultivate and develop that relationship. So if you're here today and, and you're sitting out there and you're thinking, well, that's, that's great. What does that look like? Uh, I'm going to invite you to be a part of, of something radically different. It will change your life if you have not been a part of this. It is using the Bible and reading it every day and being in prayer every single day. It will change everything for you. I promise because it changed everything for me. I've experienced this. If we take seriously that we need to put our focus on who God is, then we need to put our focus where God tells us to put our focus. How we can do that is to, to, to spend some time. So if you're not spending any time in the Bible at all, uh, I'm going to encourage you to spend five minutes reading the Bible, five minutes praying for your friends, your family, yourself, and your community. Five minutes on each side. That's 10 whole minutes. And if you've already, if you're already at the, you're, as you're sitting out there, oh, I got 10 minutes, no problem. I got that. Uh, I already spent 12 minutes. Well, I'm going to encourage you, hey, what about 20? What would it look like if you spent 10 minutes on one side and 10 minutes, 10 minutes in the Bible and then 10 minutes in prayer for others? Spend some time there. And, and I can hear it already. Oh, pastor, that's, that's a lot of time. I, I already spend some time. I, I don't have that much time to spend. And I had a, a friend uh, that, that he would tell me that it, it, the only time that he had time to pray was when he was driving in his car, and he would say prayers on, on, on the way. While he listened to the Christian radio station, he would pray on the car. I'm like, man, you're doing three things. You got, you got, your, your attention is so divided. So what, if you, what would it look like if you made intentional time to do that? And, and so I want to encourage you with this. There was this guy named Martin Luther. You may have heard of him. Uh, the father of the Protestant Reformation, very handsome fellow. Uh, he, he, he took seriously this idea of focusing on who God is and, and what God had in mind for him. He would spend four hours every day, minimum, in prayer. I think that's, uh, that's astonishing. I don't spend anywhere near four hours in prayer. Maybe that's why I'm not as well known as Martin Luther. Maybe that's what it is. But he spent four hours in prayer. Now, I want, I want you to get this. He had kind of a busy schedule. I don't know if you're aware, he was being hunted by the Roman Catholic Church, so he's trying to avoid being murdered. Uh, he also decided, hey, I'm going to translate the Bible into a language that is accessible and local and then give it to the printing press so everybody can have a copy of the Bible. We wouldn't have Bibles in all the pews or Bibles, you know, some of us have over 200 Bibles that we've been told about it, um, that, that are at your house. We wouldn't have any of these if the printing press hadn't started, if Martin Luther hadn't, hadn't made a difference in this. And so all of these things he's doing, plus he's leading the Protestant Reformation and preaching every Sunday, so he's writing sermons and giving those sermons every week, and yet he would spend four hours every day in prayer. And he was asked about that. They said, Martin, how do you spend so much time in prayer? You have so much to do. 
And his response is so powerful. He said, it is only because I have so much to do that I have to spend so much time in prayer. It's, it's transforming. It changes who we are. And what's really interesting about our relationships is that we start to take on some of the, the, the parts of the people that we're in relationships with. For good or bad, uh, we can do this. When I was a youth pastor, we, had, we, did, we did this thing called Ultimate Tuesdays. So we would get the high school youth, they would come out at 9 o'clock at night, and we would go until 10.30. And it was dark outside in the summertime, and they would have glow-in-the-dark and LED Frisbees. And then they would have these bracelets that were the, the glow stick bracelets. So they had teams that they were playing Frisbee against one another. And we had music, and there was, uh, you know, the, the happening tunes for the kids, right? Uh, and I was in charge of playing the songs. Well, there, and, and I know this next statement, uh, we might, uh, I might lose some friends, but I'm not a big fan of country music. Uh, there it is. I just put it out there. Uh, I grew up in Texas, and I figure I've done my time with country music, so there's that. Uh, but I'm, I'm not a, a huge fan. And there was this young man that was there. He was 15 at the time, full, full of all knowledge because he's 15 and wiser than everybody else all together. And he, he concurred. Country music is horrible. Yes, yes, we hated country music. Together, we hated country music. Well, during this summer, he got a girlfriend. Crazy. Uh, and, and he met this girl, and what, one of the odd things about this girl was that she, she liked country music. So over time, young man starts to like country music as well. This is the, I hate country music, right? No, now, now, now it's not so bad. As a matter of fact, one Sunday, or one Tuesday, she was gone. She was out of town. He came up and he requested a country song. It was not to impress her. It was because he liked it. And so I, was, I, I, I played the country song and then I was like, well, uh, how, how do we like this? Now you're requesting country music. You really like this stuff. And he was like, well, once I gave it a chance, it wasn't so bad. What happened wasn't that he gave it a chance. What happened was he was focused on the girl. And some of that wore off on him. And so he started thinking, well, it's not so bad. And it's the same way when we have a relationship with Jesus. When we seriously take time and spend time in prayer and spend time reading the Word of God and, and focused on who God is, a little bit of Jesus rubs off on us. We start to become more like Jesus. We start to, to recognize who Jesus is, and, and we start to see Jesus in our own lives. And John the Baptist said, I must decrease so that he can increase, talking about Jesus being the he. And it's so true for us yet today. We, we our selfishness, our brokenness, our separateness from God needs to decrease and our relationship with God needs to increase because that allows God to increase in us. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, which is where this church comes from, used to say that it, we're all on the path to perfection. We're working to become more and more like Jesus in this path to perfection. And this is what it's all about, is we must, must spend time in the presence of God so that we can grow in that relationship. And I know it sounds super easy. I know. I know. And, and so the three things that I have are up on the board. One is to pray. Find some time and be in prayer. Develop a time and a place. I would recommend the same time 
and the same place each and every day that you can. Because there's something that happens that becomes a holy time, that becomes a holy space, even if it's in your living room, even if it's in your kitchen, whatever it is, it becomes special because it's the time when you are present with God. Second is to check your attention. What are you paying attention to and, and where can you change that attention if it needs to be changed? So if you're paying way too, my, my dad was a great example. My dad loved whatever he was into for about seven years. He was all in. Everything that he did was about that. So for seven years, he was the best bass fisherman on the planet. For seven years, he was a sailor because we bought a sailboat. For seven years, I mean, it, it just went in cycles. And he would go so deep into those different pieces. He would pay so much attention there. So what is it that has captured your attention and holds fast to your attention that you could shift back. Now, I'm not saying give up all the things that you do that are fun and, and exciting, but put God in the center of that. And then focus on God. So where, it is, where is it that you need to check your attention and, and change it to? And then focus on God. Allow God to be that center point. Allow God to be the compass by which you navigate everything. The GPS that reroutes you into the way that you should be going. Now I want to ask us to put on, when, when I was a kid, we, we put on our imaginary glasses so we could have imagination time when I was in kindergarten. So I'm going to ask us to put on our imaginary glasses so we can have imagination time. Because I want you to use your holy imagination and imagine this. Imagine what it would be like if the people in this community, in this room right now, if, if in this church, if we put God in the center point of our lives, if we really believed all of that stuff about God and we really did all of those things, if we spent time in prayer and we spent time in the presence of God and then we took that outside of the walls and we spent time with our neighbors because Jesus said, love your neighbor. Crazy. What if he really meant your neighbor? Go and spend time in that. Spend time making a difference in the community for the kingdom of God. What if that was us? And I want to say we, we have about 200 folks that we get to interact with on a weekly basis here. Jesus had 12, and they changed the world. Jesus says, hold on to it, Jesus says, and you will do even greater things than these. We have a God who comes after us, pursues us, and, and doesn't want us, He doesn't want us to have our best life now, right? He wants us to have a whole new life. He wants us to have a whole new being and a whole new identity in Jesus. And he wants us to do that and find our way onto the path. So whatever your attention is, that's where your focus is. And that's what you're giving your focus to. And that's going to ultimately determine our destination. So friends, let us turn our attention to where it belongs. Let us focus on the one that truly matters. And let us do wonderful things for the kingdom of God. And all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Let's pray. Holy One, you have invited us into this place. You have called us into worship and into a special time with you. But God, help us to open our hearts and our minds to, to truly recognize your presence and to see that you have in mind something totally different for us than, than, than what the world tells us we could be or should be. You have in mind for us something that is focused on you and, and a path that you have marked out for us, a race that we can run. And so, Father, I just pray that you would put your Holy Spirit within us 
as this community, that we would be overwhelmed by your presence and that we would put our feet firmly on your path and we would march forward together in unity with Christ going in the direction that you have called us to. Help us to find our way in you and place, help us to place you where you deserve to be in the center of our lives. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ and all of us agree and said, Amen.